0: This
1: is Audible. Harper Audio presents Super Life. The five forces that will make you healthy, fit, and eternally awesome. By Darren O'Lean. Read by Darren O'Lean and Matt Burns.
0: Introduction. Hi, this is Darren O'Lean. I'm really psyched, but before I explain why, I want to tell you about when I saw the comedian Louis C.K. on one of the late-night talk shows. He'd just been on a plane, he said, when the attendant announced that Wi-Fi service was now available. The guy sitting next to him immediately began working away on his laptop, but after a few minutes, the Wi-Fi suddenly went off. This is bullshit, the guy said angrily. Louis C.K. said he immediately thought, here we are sitting in chairs that fly through the air at 500 miles an hour, and this guy is pissed because he can't read his email? That's funny and brilliant because it's so true about all of us. We become so accustomed to the miracles that surround us every day, we don't even notice them. I'm talking about your body my body too. Everybody's body. It's a frickin' miracle. Not just one miracle either. It's an infinite number of frickin' miracles. It's so mind-boggling that we can hardly begin to grasp it all. If we really had to stop and think about every amazing, breathtaking, jaw-dropping thing that our bodies are constantly doing, completely on their own and without any conscious effort on our part, without us even knowing about it, we wouldn't have time to do anything else. We'd be too dazzled to try. Turning water into wine is a miracle, no doubt. But is it more miraculous than turning broccoli, walnuts, beets, apples, and water into bones and organs and blood and brains? I was sitting on the living room floor back home in Minnesota, eating my coca puffs and watching cartoons. Next thing I remember, someone was talking about the grapefruit diet and how it made them feel fantastic and healthier than they had ever been before. I began paying very close attention. At this point in my life, I was a mess. I had been born premature, weighed three and a half pounds, and was given a 50-50 chance of surviving. I made it, but with underdeveloped lungs and a lot of other difficulties. By second grade, I wore glasses and a patch over one eye and had severe headaches, a resting heart rate of 120 beats per minute, about the same as a hummingbird's, a bad case of hyperactivity and some kind of thyroid problem, which they medicated with a pharmaceutical cocktail. By the age of 10. I had water on my knees and had undergone various medical treatments for allergies and immune system dysfunction and other weirdness. I was removed from the normal kid's classroom due to what the doctors and teachers believed were learning disabilities. I was a wreck. After the commercial ended, I put down my Cocoa Puffs and asked my mother to buy some grapefruit. A lot of it. I began eating it for breakfast and several other times a day. The grapefruit replaced the pizza, candy, soda, and all the rest of the junk I had been pouring into my body. I started to feel different, better. Making my own decisions, ones that worked, empowered me. I stopped taking my hyperactivity pills too. I didn't tell anyone, I just did it. That made me feel even better, cooler. Of course, I didn't stay on the grapefruit diet permanently. I reverted to the sketchy eating routine of a normal Midwestern kid. But as I grew up, I continued paying close attention to what I ate and drank and how it made me feel. I've been on this path, trying things and getting feedback ever since. I'm not a professional scientist. I'm an eternal student. But I've learned a lot along the way, and I'm constantly discovering more. I became an athlete in high school and played football in college. A back injury eventually ended my career, but my passion for learning about what makes us healthy was stronger than ever. I studied exercise physiology and nutrition in college, worked one-on-one helping people who were injured, discovered more about what makes our bodies tick. I read everything I could get my hands on, and then I went out to meet scientists and researchers who were devoting their lives to the study of health and nutrition, and picked their brains. When an expert told me something that made sense, I tried it out on myself. If I felt better, I stuck with it. If I didn't, I moved on. I read lots of scholarly papers, but I didn't wait around for the experts to tell me what to do. I jumped in and figured it out on my own. I went from 13-year-old wreck to college football player to nutrition counselor and physical trainer, mm-hmm. and now I spend my time traveling around the world investigating and searching for the most intensely powerful foods, the healthiest, most amazingly nutritious things that nature has ever made. Mm-hmm. Superfood hunter is the title that's stuck, but my passion for this subject goes so much farther and deeper than that. Now, I'm psyched because I get a chance to tell you everything I have learned about our bodies, what they need, and how they really operate. Like this, disease doesn't exist. I know how insane that sounds, but it's true. Disease doesn't exist, at least not how it's been explained to us by doctors and scientists. Here's how we've been taught to think. We go through life feeling fine with fingers crossed, hoping we always stay that way. But knowing that at some point, something bad is gonna happen. Something's gonna break down. Something's gonna go haywire. Maybe it will be our hearts, or our livers, or our blood, our lungs, our colons, our bones, our brains, our breasts. Someday, something will go wrong. And then it does, damn it why me now we have a disease it's probably got a scary name there's usually a specialist nearby who treats nothing else if we're lucky it's something the doctors and pharmacists can fix otherwise we may be in real trouble according to what we've been taught by experts that's disease except it's not if we're worrying about our heart or our head, or our prostate, or our pancreas, or our kidneys, or anything like that, we're already looking at the wrong thing. We're working with bad information. We're not paying attention to what really matters. All these diseases, they're just symptoms. They are signs that something has been allowed to go wrong inside us. Once the symptoms get bad enough, They become genuine problems, true. But even when we treat them, we're still dealing only with the symptom, not the underlying cause. Here's what I have learned. Every disease has many possible causes, but the little causes are all the result of just a few big causes. We keep treating the little causes, and they keep on happening. If instead we deal with the big causes, then suddenly disease becomes something we can prevent rather than just treat. I'm talking about every sickness, especially the seriously gnarly ones, the modern-day terrors that either end our lives too soon or leave us alive but sickly and infirm for years, decades. Chronic ailments like diabetes, emphysema, arthritis, heart disease, cancer. The truth is, we're not supposed to get sick at all. And if we do, we're meant to recover fully and fast. We're built to be amazing physical beings, each one of us. Our bodies are genetically programmed to be healthy and lively and strong. When we do become ill... It's unnatural, not inevitable. Our number one killer, heart disease, mostly preventable. Our number two killer, cancer, the same. Believe it or not, there are places on this planet where those two scourges are uncommon. But here, where we enjoy the most expensive and scientifically advanced medical care in the world, they are everyday tragedies. I'm always amazed when I ask people how they're doing and their answer goes something like this. Oh, I'm okay. No complaints. Just the usual little aches and pains. My knees hurt sometimes. My back too. I get these headaches once in a while. I've always had trouble falling asleep at night. And then by the middle of the afternoon, I'm fighting to stay awake. A little heartburn occasionally constipated now and then. Wish I still had the same old energy in the sack. But who does? Just the normal stuff like everybody else. What? I want to yell. You think that's normal? We're not meant to have any of those complaints. We're built to feel great, full of energy and life. No headaches or backaches or stomach aches. No weariness, no digestive system distress, no uninspired sex, no joyless existence. We've somehow accepted that this is what it's like to be an adult. Wrong. So many people feel just slightly lousy and still think they're doing okay. Isn't okay good enough? You know what? This is the only lifetime we're getting and okay is definitely not good enough. In fact, all those little complaints are really early warning signals of something seriously bad in the future. Constipation today, colon cancer tomorrow. Insomnia now, a major heart attack someday. Even erectile dysfunction. By treating it with pills, we mask the causes. But if blood vessels in the penis have narrowed, it means that arteries elsewhere are closing off too. A limp dick tonight, a stroke down the line. We'll discuss all that and more, but for now, I just want you to think about this. By our actions, we determine our fate. Health or sickness, joy or misery, pain or pleasure, life or death, largely up to us. All those big, bad, scary diseases, we invite them in or we shut them out. That can be a heavy burden, I realize, but it's also a great freedom to determine how healthy we will be. Either way, it all depends on whether we did or did not take care of something important. That's what this whole book is all about, the something important. I want to help people take responsibility for the one thing we will have from when we are born until we die. I want us all to take what nature has given us and use it to the fullest and for the longest time possible, not just go through life accepting whatever comes along, waiting for that bad thing to happen, because we can do a lot to prevent ill health and we can feel great as we do it. I want us all to be open to the possibility of feeling amazing every day. It starts with the beautiful frickin' miracle that carries us through our lives from start to finish, our bodies. Okay, I gotta jump on a plane so I can go hunt for more superfoods in Peru, so I'm gonna let a professional actor take you through the
1: rest of the Super Life book. Part 1. The Five Life Forces. What are the five life forces? And why do they matter so much? I probably should have mentioned this before. I'm giving everyone who reads or listens to this book a Ferrari. That's right, a beautiful, top-of-the-line, world-class precision machine just for the price of a book. Of course, there's a catch. You have to take care of it. That means the right kind of fuel, the proper treatment, And you need to drive it the way it was meant to be driven. Do all that, though, and the Ferrari is yours. Actually, it's already yours, though it may feel more like a rusted-out junker than a high-performance work of automotive art. But somewhere inside each of us is a human body that can operate and respond like a Ferrari. I'm going to give you your Ferrari by providing you with the operating manual they neglected to include back when you were born. Because how can you take care of yourself properly if you don't know what makes you run right? You can't. My operating manual is a lot simpler than the booklet that comes with a fancy Italian car. Trust me. You only need to pay attention to five things to control what kind of health you'll enjoy. That's right. Just five factors that determine whether you will be strong and vital and fit and happy, or if you will be sickly and infirm and out of shape and miserable. Whether you will age well or badly or at all. Five factors. The word factors is kind of boring, but the scientific world hasn't come up with the term yet for exactly what I'm talking about. So let's just call them what they truly are, life forces. Five life forces, the only things that control our health, the only things we need to think about. It's like they say about money, if we take care of the pennies, the dollars take care of themselves, take care of the five life forces, and our bodies will do the rest. That's what our bodies were made to do. The life- The life forces are nutrition. Pretty straightforward, right? It means everything we eat, the foods themselves, and also everything they contain, which can be a very long list. We may not always know everything that's on that list, but our bodies do. Hydration. The mere fact that we are mostly water should be enough to explain this one. Oxygenation. Like water, we know we need it, though we don't all know the many reasons why. Alkalization. This one's a bit trickier. It has to do with the balance of acidity and alkalinity of our internal environment. Detoxification. This includes our immune system, which has a lot to deal with, plus the process of handling all the toxins and poisons and other junk the world throws at us. That's all of it. We've been taught to think of our blood and organs and bones and nerves and skin and everything else as separate matters, each of which comes with different issues and concerns. But the truth is that every single thing in our bodies... Every molecule and cell responds to those five life forces. The medical world has organized itself by specialty. One doctor treats the brain, another our feet, our hearts, our endocrine systems, and each comes up with its own rules and regulations. But the same internal conditions that affect our brains also affect our feet, our skin, our genitals, and our joints. The internal environment we create is identical for our livers, our immune systems, our stomachs, and our eyeballs. We are made up of around 70 trillion cells, and they all have the same basic needs. We just have to understand what those needs are, the five life forces. And then we have to do our best to fulfill them. Let's talk about how. Life force number one, nutrition. Nutrition is a great, important subject. It's truly the cornerstone of health. There's no better place to begin a discussion of the five life forces. But I'd much rather talk about eating. Eating is the most intimate thing we will ever do. And I know what you're thinking, but eating is even more intimate than that. And I'll tell you why. When we eat, we open our bodies wide and expose ourselves, every single cell, to whatever's out there in our environment. It's how we turn the out there into the in here. When we eat, those external things actually become us. Our organs, bones, muscles, nerves, skin, blood, and everything else are made from what we eat and drink. There's nothing else to work with. Before we were born, we were completely created, cell by cell, by what our mothers ate and drank. Today, it's no different, except now we're the ones doing the eating and the drinking, inventing our bodies. When we look in the mirror, that's what we see, all the things we've eaten. Want to know what shape you're in? Just think back to everything you consumed over the past week. There's your answer. Now, let's talk about the big, fresh, leafy green salad loaded with raw vegetables and nuts you had for lunch. Or the organic berry smoothie you just made. Or, was it a bacon double cheeseburger and a jelly donut? Or some other manufactured fake food and some heavily sugared or even worse chemically sweetened carbonated liquid candy to wash it down either way ask yourself is this what i want to be made out of is this the being i want to be these questions are the beginning of all wisdom when it comes to nutrition or even better eating okay so what should we eat A huge percentage of all the scientific research ever conducted has been devoted to answering that seemingly simple question. It's amazing how much brilliance and effort have to go into something so basic. What am I supposed to eat? How can it be that every beast, every fish, every insect, every other critter on the face of the planet can figure this out so easily? And yet here we are, still wondering. Maybe we just have too many choices. Let's face it, we already know how we should eat. The problem is that we're too good at pretending we don't. It's the only way we could go on downing some of the junk we consume, stuff we know is doing us harm. No other animal does that. I'm going to distill this entire book into a single sentence. Eat a wide variety of whole, fresh, clean foods, mostly vegetables, fruit, beans, nuts, seeds, grains, sprouts, and healthy fats. Eat a lot of it raw. Okay, it took me two sentences, but there. It's that simple. How can we pretend not to understand? I think maybe part of the problem is that it's too simple. There's no wiggle room. No loopholes. We either adopt it or ignore it. Now, you may have noticed that my description of what we should eat includes a conspicuous omission. Animal foods. Meaning meat, fish, eggs, and dairy products. It wasn't an accident. After a great deal of personal experience and study, I have reached the conclusion that the fewer of these foods we eat, the healthier we tend to be but this isn't a blanket endorsement of the vegan route either. I used to eat meat, and I was real healthy. Some people have a hard time getting all the nutrients they need from plant foods, and so for them, some animal-based foods are a necessity. This would be a less complicated subject if meat, fish, and all the rest hadn't been turned into industrial products that often come with unhealthy, unnatural baggage. I'll discuss this in more detail in the protein-fat myths and the one on nutritional stress. But for now, I want to keep the focus on the healthiest foods we can eat. In 2013, the results of a major scientific trial of the so-called Mediterranean diet were published by the New England Journal of Medicine. Researchers from the University of Barcelona and elsewhere put over 7,000 adult subjects onto various eating plans. Those on the typical Mediterranean diet offered definitive proof at last that if we eat leafy greens and lots of other vegetables, fruit, nuts, fish, and olive oil, everything fresh and unprocessed and only a small amount of meat and dairy will be healthier and enjoy greater longevity. In other words, they discovered that if we want to live long and well, we should eat like Greek grandmothers do. Those grandmothers could have told us the same thing for free, but would we have listened? The same basic advice comes from Dr. Caldwell Esselstein, formerly of the renowned Cleveland Clinic and one of the world's most respected experts on the subject of cardiac health. He calls heart disease... A completely preventable foodborne illness. If only we had known. Or did we? At any rate, once he made this pronouncement, which was widely reported, it became a lot harder to pretend ignorance. About 600,000 deaths a year in the United States alone. Almost all caused by lousy eating. Completely preventable. A wide variety of whole, fresh, Clean, mostly plant-based foods. Adopt or ignore. Feeding Ourselves To understand why these are the keys to proper nutrition, we need to remind ourselves of something pretty basic. Before we eat our food, our food eats. It, too, is nourished. It grows up and develops. It absorbs and metabolizes and excretes and retains and makes use of what it needs. What does food eat? Sunlight. Plants actually consume and store the energy of a star that's 93 million miles away. A pretty cool trick. Air. Water. Mostly, though, it is nourished by the soil. What's in there? More than we imagine. Dirt is a mysterious complex stew of minerals, vitamins, metals, organic materials, microbes, microscopic living organisms that themselves consume and excrete, and lots of other essential stuff. The plant, the tree, the vine, they take their nourishment from the soil and use it to grow their product. The produce until we come along and eat it. Not coincidentally, since we and those plants are all alive, an important thing to have in common, we animals require many of the same substances plants do, and in the same forms. So when we eat the vegetable, the fruit, the berry, the bean, the grain, the nut, the thing itself, then we get its nutrients intact and available for absorption by another living being, us. A fruit or vegetable is like the go-between, a way for us to absorb the substances that exist in the soil.